<laughs> we just went live, and Austin nice. Eckler, Austin told me that I need to respect the stream. I think it makes streaming so much easier. Well, so right, because they provide some content. Yes, because they provide talking. They provide talking points. That's and right. Whether they're good, bad, then you can talk through both of them. You know, it depends on how you're feeling that day. If you want to talk to some toxic people, talk to them. You know, because they're going to be in the chat. If you want to talk to some positive vibing people, all right, you got you got all types of people in the chat. I, I got triggered by the chat yesterday. Someone in the ah. in the chat triggered me, so I melted down, and then I made it up to them. So now it's like this uh, roller coaster ride of emotions. Whereas I was just sort of ignoring them. Now I'm getting acclimated to interacting yeah. constantly. Now I'm gonna I gotta I gotta you know sort of temper my uh, you know emotions. Well, if I get triggered, it's it's a learning experience. Yeah, here's what I've learned from streaming for a year and a half: that if you ignore your chat, then you're gonna get you know roll the dice. That's what you're gonna get. But if you're in the chat, you can start to cater like, hey, this is what I allow. This is the things I respond to. Like, then you can start to like morph it into like this this you know community that you're really trying to build. You know, and uh, so yeah, I 100% always encourage community involvement. Get in the chat. You know, make it interactive. They did like the meltdown. Overall, uh, yeah. they did oh, like yeah. the meltdown. Oh, they yeah. enjoyed yeah. the meltdown. There, there was, uh, they were, they were clapping emojis with the meltdown. They, they want to see me feel. They want to see <laughs> you feel. They want to see human emotions. So I did. I think I was like that. That was unintentional, but I, I gave them what they wanted. You know, I took That's the good. bait and they, I gave them what they wanted. Oftentimes, the best streamers are the ones that can give unintentional content, right? Where it's just, that's their personality. Whether they have a lot of emotions, a lot of energy, like a combination, right? That's who uh, usually has a lot of success. You know, maybe there's really, a, like, I feel like I'm, like, really deep. Like, I'm, I get deep into concepts and deep into, like, mental health and, like, thinking of the world. Like, if you see my background, it's like a, it's a warrior. It's just one warrior because it's, it reminds me every day I get on here, like, the warrior spirit. Like, keep going. Up or down, you got to keep going. Um, so I'd like to talk about it. like everyone has their own style, right? Yeah, I have to say that you've been a warrior this year. I mean, <laughs> we're not just talking about talking about it. We're not just talking about a metaphor. You this year have been a fucking warrior. It's been amazing to watch. I mean, you're I getting that. all these carries against stack fronts. Twenty percent of your carries against stack fronts, which is top ten in the league, because you're getting so many red zone carries. Right. You're near the top of the league in red zone carries. And you're near the top of the league in targets for running backs. Running back targets, 71. That's number two. Red zone touches, you're number three among NFL mm. running backs. So that's why you're such a fantasy asset. So if you get red zone touches and you get targets, you're going to be a monster in fantasy. And that's what you've been. No doubt. No Every doubt. other first-round running back has experienced injuries or has had their touches scaled back. It's a real thing, man. I come... I come into the season telling my coaches, you better scale me back. Like I come out the gates. I'm like, you cannot don't beat me into the ground. Cause then you won't have me available in December. Like I, like people, I think get too caught up in like, Oh, I need to be the back. I need to take every single rep. Like, like if you're trying to have a career and put together entire seasons, like you need, you need to hold back, buddy. Like this game hurts. Like you will get hurt. If the more you take the higher chance, high likely of chance, you're going to get hurt. And so I understand that. Like I'm five, eight, you know, one ninety five. 
You know, like my body, I'm not this big behemoth out there. And I understand that. And I don't, I'm not taking it personally. Like, oh no, I need, I'm the starter. So I need to take every rep. And I think other backs need to start adopting that a little bit more as far as like, look, like you need to get through the season. Like, I'm not saying, you know, scaling you back is going to get you all the way through, but it's going to give you a bigger chance for sure. Your snap share is still 70% though. Yeah. That's still top five in the league. Yeah. Okay. But it's, but the thing is in my situation, I'm a little different too, because I have all these weapons around me. Um, right. Where Jay Herb's trying to push the ball down the field. And uh, yeah, that definitely helps. Well, you're running a lot of routes. And so you don't take the same punishment when you're running routes than when you're running up the middle. But the no last running back of your size that had this workload, especially against stack fronts, especially in the green zone inside the 10 was Christian McCaffrey in 2019. And Christian McCaffrey has not been the same since that season. He took a bite of the apple for a 200-pound running back that, in retrospect, was not smart. It wasn't smart by the coaches. It wasn't smart by him not having that conversation. And if you're getting out ahead of it and you're having that conversation because his snap share that year was 90%, Mm. your snap share is 70%. So Justin Jackson's taking some carries. Joshua Kelly's taking some carries. Even Larry Roundtree's taking some carries. Those few carries here and there are very important analytically it's in the data that if you go out and post a 90% snap share and you absorb the impacts of 400 touches, you're probably not going to be the same. The chargers want to have one of their best offensive weapons, not just this year for the long term. You didn't sign a one-year contract. You signed a multi-year extension and they know this. They know this NFL doctors now, just compared to five years ago, know a lot more about sustaining the health of their players. It, it matters, man. It matters, like especially at the running back spot. Like, look at all. I mean, just even this season, look at all this, the running backs that have been taking those those higher percentage of carries and just been a huge part of their offense because they're just getting forced the ball. Like you said, they're they're hurt or have been hurt or missed games. And so it, it builds up like this game hurts. Like like right now I'm sitting here in an arm sleeve. My jaw is sprained. Like I got an ankle sprain. Like it's not that I'm not getting hurt because I'm still getting like pounded out there. But um, it's just like it's less. Right. It's not as much. It's not as much. So it's a little bit easier for me to recover. And it, it it has a long effect because this is to, you know, to some people, the season might not seem long. But to us, you know, we started back um, in August or July right? With training camp, preseason, all that stuff. So we've been going for a really, really long time as far as wear and tear on a human body and your human body running hard and getting hit every single week can only do that for so long. And you start to break down. And I don't know, I think people's pride gets in the way of reality. Like you're still, you're human. This is not, and this is not college. This is not high school. Like these are the best of the best. So guess what? They hit hardest of the hard, right? And they they have the schemes. Like you're not just out here running around free like you might have been in college or at least having a little bit more leeway. Like this this is real now. Um, and the season's almost twice as long, depending on if you go playoffs and stuff like that. So you know, putting those factors in and you play for years and years and years. Yeah, I'm in year five, right? So this stuff starts to add up like, I look at my season and like last week, last year was my biggest injury with the hamstring. But I think I've been able to make it this long without having anything really major is because of my split carries. Like I've been splitting with Melvin and now I'm in a situation uh, where it's like, okay, we're trying to find someone to really get it going in the, in the backup right now with Justin Jackson, all these other backs. Um, But I even tell, like I said, I tell my coach like, Hey, we got to find this balance. It's all about balance. Like you need to speak up 
because you're going to the playoffs. I'm just spoiler alert. You go, have you seen the schedule? <laughs> have you seen the schedule? And hey, I'm not. I'm not, it, I mean, you're, I'm not, I'm not. You're not going to predict anything. One I'm, at a time. Let me tell you. I know you're you're one game at a time. We know the we know that answer back through time. Every football player, one game at a time, and that's the correct approach. It's not like that's a cliche. To. That's just the right headspace. The right? Lions won last week. Exactly. Right? The Lions so, won. They beat somebody. So you better not take anything lightly. And they were. Why did they beat the, the the Vikings? Because the Vikings lost their left tackle, their entire defense, and you can't win when your your starting receiver goes down. Key pieces of every part of the team are go down. You're going against other professional players. You're going to lose that game. You're you're, you're going to lose that game. So the Chargers need to be careful with all of their skill position players and all their critical defensive players, knowing that. You have five games to go, three at home, two on the road. So your most difficult games against the best teams based on record coming up are at home. So you are teed up as a team, not only to make the playoffs, but potentially get a bye. Like it's it's at that point where it was a weird part of the season where you lost some games that kind of got away from you. And anyone that was watching these games knew like this team is moving the ball up and down the field and they have, like you talked about, werewolves on defense. But it was always <laughs> yeah. something in the red zone, inside the 10, uh, false start, inside the yep. 10, illegal yep. motion. You lead the league in illegal motion. Yeah, not a good stat. Wait, can, I've never understood. Is that just random chance, or is that because you all have such a creative offense that it's just a little more complicated? 100%. And then in the in, when 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 you get into an area where the crowd noise is higher and you have a complicated offense, it's just par for the course. Is that what's going on? It's not even the crowd noise, it's the fact that we have probably the most we probably have the most like different personnel packages out of anybody in the league, right? And this is our first year right. really learning this. Got it. And Got so it. we have yeah different people coming on, they're playing the Y, now they're playing the Z, now they're playing they're playing in all four spots. And they all have their own names. So we like the Tennessee tick 12, like that's one of our personnel groups, you know, or big 20. And it's like, so like our regular 20 or lightning 11, like all these different personnel groups that they go on and on. And so it's just like the mental part, right? So it's another aspect of the game that we need to be locked in on. And so when people get a little confused and people maybe haven't been getting as much playing time or as much practice time, and they're like, wait a minute. Uh, oh, now I got to get set Oh, Now they had to go. We had two motions. Now they did. And it's illegal formation. And it's just like, ah, come on guys. Um, so yeah, that's just part of, part of the game, right? It's part of the mental game that we have to get down. It's honestly unacceptable. I'm just glad that we're talking about it because if you watch the broadcast, like I do, the broadcasters don't know what's going on. The broadcasters (laughs) are mocking the team and talking about how it's unexcusable. They're just laying the cliches. And I'm like, there's gotta be an explanation guys. Your job as a broadcaster is to get behind the scenes and mm-hmm. look under the hood and help us understand this. It's it's not that these guys aren't practicing, right? It's not right. that they're lazy. Please explain to us what's going on with their offense when they get inside the five and they're always backing up five. There's got to be a reason why. Know, and this man. is the reason why. This is yeah. it. This is the reason why. But it's also, it sounds like from what you're saying, that's also why you guys have some pretty big plays, yeah, I mean, that's part of our offense, right? We have so many different packages, so we're putting a lot of stress on the defense. It's like, okay, this guy lines up in four different spots, and he does all these different things out of all these different spots. And it's like, how do you defend us? 
how do you, I mean, is how do you defend it? Cause we have, we're rotating six different people in the skill positions yep. and putting them all over the place. So that it gives us an advantage. And if you can do that, the more you can do, the more you can put stress on a defense and the less they can scout you. Cause they're like, well, they can do anything really. So how do you defend that? You just got to react. And if they're reacting and not anticipating, then we have the upper hand. How cool was it to see Guyton break out? Yeah, man, it's been a while. Shoot, that's the that's the big play, you know, uh, potential he has that he showed in the past too. Um, and it's he always burn. he's a burner, baby. Always, always deep passes, man. And you know, to have him catch him up, he almost had two. He almost had two. He had to give one to to your boy. So I appreciate that one. But <laughs> I'd like to see him get in, so you know we could uh, take the stress off. But yeah, yeah, seeing him show up, and he's gonna have to show up too this week because uh, COVID. Uh, hit our team and Keenan, as you saw, is probably uh, he's probably going to miss with with COVID right now. He he was positive that came out, so receivers going to have to step up. We're all going to have to step up to fill that role. We can't really fill the role, but we can just kind of you know make ourselves a little bit more present in what we're trying to do. His direct backup, the guy that played that position in college, is Josh Palmer. Yeah, yeah, he so looks Josh. the part. Like he yeah. looks the part of an NFL wide receiver. When you look at this guy, Josh Palmer, you're like, okay, this guy's going to make some plays in the league. He's getting an opportunity because, I mean, you look at our team, it's really hard to actually come in and play receiver on our team because we have Mike Williams, who does all the Mike Williams stuff, who just is big body, runs down the field, catches everything. Keenan, who's going to get open on every route you want him to get on. Uh, And then we have, you know, one extra spot that Jalen's been really playing. And so it's like, man, either you can beat Jalen out. I don't see you beating these other guys out. If you do, if you beat Mike or Keenan out, then you should be the highest paid. Um, we talked so, yeah, about it in preseason that yeah. you were one of the only teams that would ever be in a position where they would have to cut a guy like Tyron Johnson. Right. Exactly. And so like right now he's going to have an opportunity. He's got an opportunity because he hasn't been getting much, uh, uh, much burned because of the talent that we have in those positions. Small sample, but Josh Palmer has been efficient when targeted this year. Very yes. efficient. Yeah. He's got the potential. It's definitely there. But like I said, just limited opportunity. If you're looking for a pickup in fantasy right now, hey, that's that's a sleeper right there because he's going to be getting some burn if you're short for receivers. Josh Palmer. True story. I did a TikTok on Josh Palmer two weeks ago because nice. there, there was a trend where he was starting to get more snaps, more routes, sort of plateaued there. But if Keenan Allen is out, it's game on for Josh Palmer. And uh, I'm watching the, the game with my daughter, and you know Herbert rolls right. And he throws it to Guyton 60 yards downfield on the other side of the field. And my daughter turns to me. She goes, he just threw that across his body. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, how do you know that term? Right. Well, right. What do you, where'd you get that? That's first. And then also correct. Like that is amazing. He is amazing. I remember seeing him at the senior bowl and the ball just has that extra carry when you're on the field and you have that different perspective where you're looking straight up and you see the ball going from a particular angle and you're like, wait a second, is he trying to hit that guy over there? Can he do that? Like that was, that's, it's a pretty cool thing, right? When you have a guy that's special. Hey, he's special, man. Yeah. Like you just said, bro, this man, he gets it done. He gets it done. Like, yeah, he's got the arm talent, but it's, it's more of the mind, right? As when it comes to quarterback, like sure. All these quarterbacks can throw the ball, but it's like, how do you throw the ball? And where to throw the ball like oh i'm throwing back shoulder i'm throwing over top i'm throwing it into a spot in a zone like there's just so much that goes into do i throw it hard do i throw it arcing do i throw yeah do i throw it low do i throw it high like just even throwing the ball there's a whole mental game um before we even break down any of the defense so yeah for him to come in and have as much success that he's had this early in his career is 
amazing, and I'm glad uh, to be his backfield buddy, no doubt. He throws a good catchable ball to the running back, too. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you got to be ready for it because that thing's coming in hot. It's coming a little hot, uh, though. It is. It's coming in hot because he's trying to get it there now. He wants you to have the ball immediately. Here's the ball. Go. That gives um, you an extra so split second, though, to make a move. It, it does. You, you got to catch it first, though. You know, I've dropped a few this year, which is unlike me, but uh, I think it's just – you know, me actually just relaxing a little bit too much. Like when Philip had that little touch, you know, that little that, touch. Well, that's what I was like, thinking. Oh, the difference is there's a difference between the Philip you know, Rivers sort of flutter. So, you know, it's no excuse. I mean, the ball's in the right spot. It's just coming a little bit hotter. All right. Get on the jugs a little bit more after practice. You got <laughs> <laughs> So you are taking a beating. I notice in some of these touchdowns, you score the touchdown. You do stay down a little bit, uh, an extra beat before you have to push yourself <laughs> back up because they take shots at you, man. I feel like they're taking shots at you. Is it just me? I feel like you're stretching for the end zone. You score and there's an extra shoulder pad that's just getting driven into you. I feel like protective almost. I'm like, hey, guys, <laughs> that's fucking, that's Austin Eckler. That's our, that's, that's one of our favorite players. That's the life of running back, man. Life of running back. We don't. We get no protection ever. There's nothing. We get thrown out of bounds. Two steps out. No, oh, you're good. Get up. I'm not gonna call them cheap shots, but you just take shots in general. I've noticed yes. that that you're just yes. taking shots, and you have to take an extra beat, and you have to push yourself up, and you got to get out the air guitar, and then it's all good. But it's like, <laughs> it's like this isn't easy. This. No, I think this score, is the season where you're realizing it. Are you having that conversation with the coaches? Hey guys. We're probably a playoff team. We've never had a 17-game season in the history of the NFL. Let's create a plan for... Plan was already set. I told you before the beginning of the year. Plan was already set. And it's just now it's like, okay, who can we trust on the field, especially uh, at running back? That's what it comes down to. We have a new coaching staff. So with a new coaching staff, there's a lot of new things that have to be gained, right? You have to earn people's trust. Like You have to go out there, make plays, be consistent, uh, know what you're doing. And it's not that you got to be perfect and be Superman. It's just coach has got to be like, okay, if I put this guy out there, I know what he's going to do. And I think yeah, Justin right now has you know, been secure as far as earning trust. And so he's going to get a lot more burn. He's had some injuries he's been dealing with. Uh, but yeah, there's a plan. See, I had a plan. I had a plan, right? I wasn't just going to go out there and be like, no, nah, just play me until I can't play anymore. Um, because I know the season's long. Um, have I been getting more than – I expected probably, but I think that's because of the backup situation where it's Justin's been hurt. He's been available. Some of our younger guys are coming in and out of special teams, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, Austin, guess what? You got to step up a little bit more, not because we're not trying to save you or not trying to limit you, but because that's the situation. Yeah. Sometimes you're, you will not sometimes all the time. You're a product of your situation and your atmosphere and your environment. And so like you can adjust it only so much, no doubt. I'm going to get my touches. Um, but also, but I mean, no when, when I you're on the three myself. yard line, you're like, okay, let's go. Give it to me. Give it to I me. I mean, look. Give it to me. Give it to me. At, at this point in my career, someone someone just get in the end zone, man. Someone just get in the end zone. I think earlier on when I was like really trying to make the team and stuff like that, like I was like, oh, I, need, I wish I'd get in there and get this one. But it's like, honestly, like just someone get in the end zone, man. Just get in there, especially this late in the, in the season where we're coming down to the playoffs and everything is so important. Like the selfishness, I think as I've gotten older, has started to leave my leave my mind. That's interesting. That is that is interesting. And it, it is all about the probabilities. Even a Derrick Henry, as hard as he works out and as big as he is, it's just 
every rep that you take where you're getting in one of these micro car crashes in the NFL, it just increases your probability that some random mm-hmm. collision is going to torque a body part in a certain way and you're going to be out six weeks or whatever it is. It's just about the probabilities. It's not about toughness. Like you understand that. Straight up. It's a numbers game. It's That's a, all it's it a, is. It's a numbers game. That's exactly what you're saying. It's a probability. You play more plays, you're more likely to get hurt. We've run the numbers. Injury risk is all about number of touches, first and foremost, by far and away. Then it's about your injury history. Then it's about your BMI, right? So there's there's a few things that that matter most, but top of the list by far and away is the number of touches. And I was just thinking, and you should tell Justin this, he changed fantasy football strategy. There Mm. were a ton of fantasy gamers that were rushing out to get Trey Lance. And this is crazy. This is a true story. You may not realize this. In a bunch of leagues, Trey Lance, and the chat can verify this. Chat, back me up. In a bunch of leagues, Trey Lance went before Tom Brady. That's a thing that happened in fantasy football leagues. Hmm. And I blame Justin Herbert. No, he <laughs> said it. That? He said an impossible standard. <laughs> He said it impossible because this is what happens. It's recency bias. You think, okay, this is just what rookie quarterbacks are capable of. Right. He should just be able to come in and read defenses and know where to put the ball in particular situations. Yeah. And this is what I'm sure Justin Fields is going to do, and this is what Trevor Lawrence is going to do, and this is what Trey Lance is capable of. That's not how this works, man. (laughs) He ruined a bunch of people's fantasy drafts because they thought they were getting the next Justin Herbert. And it's like, no, no, this dude's an anomaly. Right, right. I guess the the closest guy right now would be like Mac Jones, I guess, right? Who's out there? I mean, and he's sure he's getting it done, but it's not how Justin was getting it done, you know, having the production and taking care of the ball like he did, throwing it down the field. That is, you know, the mobility as well. Um, Just, it's true all around just player. That's like, man, like this is his first year. I get that. Yeah. Justin stirring up the fantasy world. I love it. I love no, it. He, he ruined a bunch of people's fantasy teams. <laughs> you should tell him that. I love that. I mean, I'm going to tell him that. That's great. That's great. Okay. So we have a question from the chat, friend of the show and one of our actual analysts. So he, he jumps in the chat. He grinds the chat. He berates the buzzards in the chat room. And he also has his own show on the network. His name is Cody Carpentier. Great guy. He asks, what is your favorite part about a single football game? Is it the running routes? Is it you know, the anticipation when the ball is in the air, when you're targeted? Or is it just you know, standing in the backfield knowing you're about to get the carry and you guys have the right play drawn up against the right defense and you can fucking feel it? Is that is that those are the options I have? Like he just gave those were like examples, oh, examples. Of, of things that it's it's an open ended question. The, what was the original question? What was my favorite part? Yeah, about just your favorite game? part about playing football. It's the on game day. We'll say it game day specifically. It's the knowing that I put in so much preparation with myself and my teammates, and it's finally time to actually go out and compete and do it for real. Like I look forward to actually doing it for real, like actually getting hit, like actually have an opportunity to make the plays. Like in practice, we're just like, oh, like let me make you miss kind of thing. You know, it's right. like very, you know, no physical really touch or anything like that. So I think it's the fact that it's like this is the true warrior spirit coming to fruition. It's like this is it. Like this is 
the show that has to go on. And I think the anticipation and actually getting to go through that with the guys that we've been together, like I said, since July is my favorite part. It's like getting to the game, playing in the, like, there's no, like my favorite part is the whole game. Like, it's not like, Oh, just when I score touchdowns, like I just love the the game. It just, it's not, it's not even because I love like football. Uh, it's more because I love just, putting in work with a bunch of guys and going out and do something challenging and trying to do it together and trying to accomplish something. So it's more of the concept of going out with a team and a group and working together than it even is more of the game. It is amazing. Like we get to watch football all the time because we have college football, high school football, but you all only play it. If you don't make the playoffs this year, 17 games in a whole year. Yeah. In that way, you're more like MMA fighters than you are baseball players. Like oh, football yeah. players have a hell of a lot more in common with MMA in that there's all this build up to a fight and all this right. training that goes into it than it is baseball or basketball where they're playing on a regular basis. You're really not. It's everything. Everything in this one this one three hour stretch, and then you got to wait a whole another week, right? Until uh, you get to do it again. Like you said, this our season is. It's now 17 games, which seems, oh, God, I'm not looking forward to that last one. Um, but it's just, boom, it's a quick blip of like, hey, put all the work in and go out there and put as much effort and as maximum as you can. It's not like, oh, let's save you this game. There's no saving anything. You know, you, that's why you got to be smart. You got to pull yourself back, you know, because it's like there's this urgency to like, hey, we need to win now. and We need to win all the time. That's true. But also you have to last. And so, I mean, obviously there's strategy into it, but I just the journey, man, it's all about the journey. Um, and that's what keeps me going too. keeps me going, keeps me motivated to want to play for a long time. I think you're going to be playing a lot this year, a lot more than other teams. I just had uh, Eric Beim for on from Roto Grinders. And I, my final question of every show is give me a bold prediction. And his bold prediction was that two wildcard teams were going to make the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a cool, bold prediction. And I've been hearing this starting, I think just, in the last couple of days, but that win against the Bengals was so impressive and analysts are starting to look at your schedule and it's starting to click with people. I'm just letting you know, I'm, I'm sure you've, <laughs> you've heard this. I'm just I'm warning you that you're going to start getting more of these questions about the chargers as a true super bowl contender and potentially one of the favorites to make the super bowl this year. Like it's starting to happen. I know it feels like it was one game, right against the Bengals who also are a team that looked great and had some mm -hmm. huge big wins and some blowout wins and then to to really kind of own them it was it was a, a brief period in the middle of the game yeah, where they the were middle making of the game when I'm fumbling and we can't do anything yeah went a couple three and outs it yeah. was it you could see that there was a little bit of uh uh-oh you could see a little bit of uh-oh when they were making that comeback in the middle of the game and so that was super impressive and shows like the, the mental strength of the entire team to look in the face of the lost momentum and seize it back against one of the better teams in the conference on the road. A lot of sports analysts are processing what you did on Sunday and now what you've done through the course of the season. I, I'm just preparing you. I'm just as a friend. We're prepared. Look, look, I'm preparing you to be one of the favorites to make the Super Bowl from the AFC that this is a new thing for the Chargers, but you, you bring in Austin Eckler and sign him to an extension. You draft Justin Herbert. You hit on all these defensive players in the NFL draft from Derwin James to Joey Bosa. This is what's going to happen. 
Yeah. Hey, we got the pieces, man. It's not about the talent on our roster. It's I'm telling you, that's not that's not what it is. It's about can we play consistent? Can we play consistent? Because we've been up, we've been down. But here's what I'll tell you. That's that's the NFL. The NFL is about consistency. How does that consistency change where it's injury, it's preparation, you know, now like ups and downs as far as, oh, someone had a bad game. Um, so there's so many different factors that play into you being consistent. That's why no one can ever sit, tell you, hey, this is what we need to do to be more consistent. It's never one thing. It's so many different things because there's so many different factors that play into an NFL roster team season. And so right now, the Chargers are in a situation where we're in the hunt. We have an, we have an opportunity still in front of us. And it's December. So that's a great sign, right? And everything's in front of us. Like you said, like we mentioned, we have to take it one game at a time because that's it, it matters to us one game at a time. But as far as big picture, as far as talent wise, I'm like, man, I look at our squad, I look at any other squad, we're right there. We have it. We have it. And so, yeah, we just got to, we got to put it together, got to put all the pieces together. And then, yeah, I think that uh, we're going to be like, like you said, we're going to be contender. Mac Jones is going to win rookie of the year. We think we know that even though he only completed two passes last week. <laughs> but you know who's going to finish 66%. second? You know who's going to finish second? My uh, prediction? Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater. Yeah. Rashawn Slater. Yeah. There's a theme. Last year, Bucks won the Super Bowl. And what was a key part of that? They drafted a kid named Tristan Wirfs in the teens who ended up being the best left tackle in the draft. And Tom Brady, since then has had all day to throw. He's been back there cooking eggs and throwing touchdowns. Has he? Am I wrong? Uh, it's been scrambled eggs and bacon and hash browns and touchdowns back there. And what what, what do they have in common? Okay. Uh, the best left tackle goes in the teens to a team that had absolutely no business getting a franchise left tackle that late in the draft. Outside the right. top 10. So that's, your, that's your next message. So you have messages to send to Herbert. He ruined a bunch of fantasy teams. And Rashawn Slater, that he's really the bellwether player mm -hmm. for this team and its, its future. Heck yeah. Absolutely, man. It's amazing. So Good stuff. That's good stuff. We'll get you out of here. But I want to talk about your foundation because it's what brought us together. We saw what you were doing. Josh Larkey is our head of analytics He's in San Diego. He's been following the Chargers and followed your foundation and wanted to get involved with what you're doing. Can you talk to us about some of the more recent initiatives? Just put us on the ground of some of the things that you've been working on in the community with the yeah. Austin Eckler Foundation. Austin Eckler Foundation. Yeah, man. Um, you know, Football is a huge part of my life, but uh, coming outside of football, uh, I have a lot of other things that connect with me as well. And the stem of it all is helping people in the community. Um, that's why I do like podcasts like this, talk about fantasy football. That's why I'm probably one of the only guys in the NFL, which I know I am because I'm trying to get people on my show. There's not a lot of NFL players to talk about fantasy football, and especially none that have like, their own show and actually like, get into it. What well, kind of uh, helps when you're the best running back in fantasy? But, Okay, yeah, that definitely helped. Also, you know, no, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, if I'm another NFL running back, I don't want to come on a fantasy show with Austin Eckler. That's like, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, I'd be a little bit nervous. I'd be a little, you know, if I'm any other running back, I'm kind of <laughs> like, what am I going to talk to Austin Eckler about about fantasy football? He's going right, to talk about how much topic. better he is than me. 
like there's a lot. Everyone's probably better at fantasy football than me, but I, I just care really about the community. And that's why I started the Austin Eckler Foundation. And we've done a couple projects. The main goal is to really help people um, in situations where they don't have enough resources to help themselves to get started. Right. I want I think it's right for everyone to have some type of passion in their life. Right. And what does that mean? Maybe they, you know, like to go shoot basketball hoops at the at the gym or once once in a while. Maybe they want to you know be able to work out. Maybe they want to be able to learn. Maybe they want to have some technology that helps them do X, Y, Z. I just think people should deserve the right to have a start in life to actually get going on the right foot. And so that's where the Austin Eckler Foundation has come in. We just did a couple projects uh, where we installed some washers and dryers in Watts, California, to some elementary schools, some middle schools uh, that have a really high uh, homeless population of their their students are homeless. They're either homeless or, you know, in foster care. So like washers and dryers are not applicable. Like it doesn't like imagine not having a washer and dryer in your house or not even being able to go to afford one. So we installed some of those so like these kids could not worry about what their clothes smell like and not going to school because they don't have clean clothes. Um, They can get started, right? Like take that out of those kids life, like things like that. And then we just donated a bunch of bags to the uh, women's center in, um, in Los Angeles, uh, down there on Skid Row, uh, just helping out people just trying to get back on uh, the right track as well. And so that we're just, we're just doing small projects here and there, but small project, we're trying to help people just better themselves, get themselves an opportunity to really just focus on themselves and not focus on, Oh, what, what are my clothes? What's my situation? Am I even going to get, be able to get by? Um, and, We've raised $20,000 to help some uh, communities uh, in the football program as well, where people don't have enough equipment to actually run their football program, uh, whether it's cleats, whether it's equipment. It's always things. It's always things. People need things to help them. You know, we're never just donating money. And, and I think things it's really to important. sustain them. Like you talked about with right. the, the yeah, washer and dryer, them. like equipment needs to be washed. Like some of these yeah, things, like stuff. it's not apparent. Like I, I'm so glad that you wanted to share that today because I read about that on social media. And I was like, I, I hope he brings that up because at no point was I ever thinking about the practical nature of laundry in terms of managing a sports team, in terms of helping students that yeah. don't have easy access to clean clothes on a daily basis. That yeah. matters. You're not just writing a 100%. check and sending it somewhere and hoping something gets done to go out and buy the washer and dryer and deliver them yeah, it has that practical That's, quality, which is why we're just so happy to support your foundation, AustinEckler.com. Yeah, and that's what we're about. We we want to give, we want to put things, implement things for people to use. You know, it's not a concept. Oh, I gave money to you know this foundation, so they'll do something. No, we are going on the ground. I'm going to the women's center. I'm going to these schools. We're putting resources in for people to use. Um, and you know, we're going to continue to do more and more. We've put it, we've installed a weight room. Um, as I said, we're doing the football uh, equipment at the end of this year. And so we're just continue to grow and grow and grow. We'll continue to make our input and our, uh, imprint, imprint, I meant across the nation and try and just help people out. Cause that's what it takes. It takes people to help people. So I appreciate you, Matt. Austin Doesn't matter how much you can give five bucks, yeah. whatever, right? Just know that this is a unique opportunity to have someone that's actually going to deliver the goods himself on the ground. It's you actually going there. You are highly involved in the implementation and the execution of getting the goods and services directly to the people who need them. And that is unique and it's worth supporting. Yeah, I appreciate that. Appreciate that.
sir, good luck this season. Not that you really need it. You guys are loaded. <laughs> I mean, hey, we all take a little luck. I man. just wish you, know? you. I wish you good health. Thank and you. Rashawn Slater and Justin Herbert <laughs> and now Josh Palmer. Big breakout week for Josh Palmer. Hey, let's I'm, see it. Let's fuck see it. it. I'm a Chargers fan, man. I'll say it. <laughs> let's I'll go. say it. You've made me a Chargers fan. This Converted whole thing. I, I love this whole story. Uh, you guys are peaking at the right time. You're yeah. just grinding it out. Oh, yeah. You're on the injury report this week with just general Everything. full body soreness. Full body injury. Full body soreness. <laughs> <laughs> my man take care oh, man. thank you appreciate you Matt. have a good one there goes austin bye everybody My man. Take care. Oh, man. Thank you. Appreciate you, Brett. Have a good one. See, See you, chat. Appreciate y'all. Hey, chat. Later. See, we, we got to you. We got your chat in there. There goes Austin. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Hey, we got the pieces, man. <laughs> Does that mean we just went live? We just went live. And Austin nice. Eckler, Austin told me that I need to respect the stream. We have, an, we have an opportunity still in front of us. And it's December. So that's a great sign, right? It's been scrambled eggs and bacon and hash browns and touchdowns. Honestly, like just someone get in the end zone, man. Just limited opportunity. If you're looking for a pickup in fantasy right now, hey, that's that's a sleeper right there because he's going to be getting some burn if you're short for receivers. Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer, Josh Palmer. Hey, we got the pieces, man.